0: It was a hunk of space rock that blazed across the sky uh, February 22nd of 2021, and there's been some new research into it, which is helping researchers better understand a cluster of icy objects floating kind of on the farthest reaches of the solar system. The shiny space traveler was captured on doorbell cameras across the province, and it certainly lit, lit up social media as well. Now we know a whole lot more about what it is what it was and where it came from Dennis Vita is a meteor physics postdoctoral associate at the University of Western Ontario and was lead researcher on this study hi Dennis welcome to the show hi thank you all right uh, Dennis so what what exactly was this tell me about it how big how big was it where did it come from?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, as you said, a lot of people uh, noticed this uh, rock has entered the atmosphere in Edmonton, and the early news reports basically said, "Oh, it was a piece of a comet." Because mm-hmm. when we uh, when we looked at it, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it was in the path of a comet. Nothing really, you know. And, and it's only later when we looked at the height at which it, it ended, we, we were really surprised because it was really out of place. So usually we have these fireballs; they had to come fast or they come slow the slow stuff goes very deep because the slow stuff is kind of very near to us it's kind Mm -hmm. of the asteroid belt it's the rocky stuff very close to the sun right it can't be any ice and the fast stuff is all icy it comes from very far away and this one was fast and it appeared to have been rocky which is really really unusual it's for the first time that we noticed something uh like that so we went back uh again we you know double checked our data made sure everything is 100 Mm percent correct and we tried to explain it like okay can be like some special kind of comment something like really weird uh and we just couldn't like it had to be a rock um so we looked back and said, "Okay, um, what does that tell us about like our understanding of the solar mm-hmm. system, and how does the solar how is the solar system formed?" And turns out that there is this kind of big discussion in the field of how the solar system is formed, and one uh, category of models basically predicts there is there is no rock in very far away in this region called the Oort cloud and this other class of models predicts a few percent of objects should be rocky <laughs> and what we were also able to do is actually constrain the, the, the percentage of rocky material uh, in the Oort cloud to about one to twenty percent. So you know this one type of model basically says yep yeah, that's that's how much it should be it just it, no one measured it so far. So we were able to do it and in, in kind of discount what was currently favored model. So as you might imagine this generated a lot of new discussion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't ice, not comet, it turned out to be rock. And the fact yep. is that though the, the where it came from typically would be more ice models, like ice, but this one is rock, so that's kind of throwing everything on its on its on its head here. What is what is the Oort cloud? Where where it came what what is this?
1: Yeah, yeah it's um, it's pretty cool so uh, the, the thing with the Oort cloud is that we can't we, we never really observed anything directly in the Oort cloud uh, if we knew that there was an object there and we knew exactly how big it is and we have like the best telescope in the mm-hmm. world and we pointed it for I don't know how many days we still wouldn't be able to see it it's just so far away Wow. Um, it's literally at the edge of the solar system and literally like after the Oort cloud is just inter- interstellar space there's like literally other stars this is really kind of the, the kind of the edge the boundary and the only reason we know it's there is because we see things come from it when they come really close it's like you don't have to go to germany to know there there's german people right? it's just basically how it works people come here and realize oh yeah that's how it works so um uh we are also able, and it's something that we only meteor astronomers can do, is directly probe the kind of the material strength of uh, of objects as they enter the atmosphere. So, for example, if you see like a comet whizzing by or an object whizzing by, you can't really like instead of like you can, you can I mean send a space probe and the space probe goes <laughs> there. That's very expensive, right? What we can do, though, is when it enters the atmosphere, we track how deep it goes and how strongly it decelerates as it enters the atmosphere. And you can kind of, it's almost like putting, putting it in like a hydraulic press and you just kind of press it harder and harder and harder until it breaks. And that's exactly what we do when we observe meteors as they enter the atmosphere. And you can very accurately tell at what, what strength it has. And um, the object that we observed was much, much stronger than any comets. Uh, so a piece of a comet is basically like, like imagine a snowball yeah. that you make from like freshly fallen snow. And it's just so, it's like falling apart, right? Like you can't yeah. even hold it in your hand. That's basically what cometary material is. And a rock, I mean, it's very strong. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was a very clear-cut case.
0: So, and, and this this rock was hustling. It was moving very, very fast, wasn't it?
1: Yep, it was moving at 65 kilometers a second. Wow. Not an hour, a second. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It covered so, over 100 kilometers in two seconds. So,
0: like, so okay. Dennis, knowing that and, and having, you know, captured it on its cameras, do you have, can you tell how big it might have been when it left the Oort cloud, whenever it left the Oort cloud, like the original yeah. size of it?
1: Yeah, so we can actually tell the size before it enters the atmosphere. Uh, It was about two kilograms and it's about kind of the size of a grapefruit. Uh, if it had, like, a rocky, rocky density. And I, I know it doesn't sound that impressive, you think, I know, it's yeah. kind of small, but it's, like, the biggest rocky object that was ever observed from the Earth Cloud. In fact, it was the biggest meteoroid that was ever observed uh, in history up, and, up, up until that point that came from that place. And that was also extremely unusual, because they're usually much smaller. And uh, it's only a few months uh, later that people in Europe have observed lot it was 10 kilograms wow. but it was it was it was uh not rocky it was uh very weak it was commentary
0: so um and it no chance that it would have burned up there there was no remnants of it anywhere
1: it was just moving way too fast so uh. even if it was moving slower it's just too small uh so usually you'd need it to be at least like 10 to 20 kilograms and move at very low speeds i mean quote unquote low speeds. We're yeah. talking about, you know, ten kilometers a second. <laughs> and yeah. 60, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and then it can like slowly decelerate and, and something something um, it remains. Because what happened to this one, it was just moving so fast yeah. that it was hitting the air in the atmosphere and the surface of the rock was literally vaporized. So wow. it was not like, you know, lava that was melted. No, like literally just vaporized.
0: Is it Dennis, um I'm just fascinated I, this is this is fascinating to me and it's fascinating to me that you can learn all of this without mm-hmm. having it in your hands that, that yes. just by watching in the, the, the cameras that that's amazing to me yeah,
1: so uh, the, the folks at the University of Alberta uh, have deployed cameras that were initially built in Australia, um, and uh, the Global Fireball Observatory is the channel of a global network of cameras uh, that uh, they have about, uh, they have, um, I don't know, about 100 cameras across the huh. globe at this point, um, and we have almost kind of a completely semi-automated uh, pipeline where the data mm-hmm. comes in, the images got analyzed and uh, we just we don't really look at the images themselves we kind of just look at some graphs and some point yeah, points. Data. and yeah. this one was like it was a point out of place on the graph it was just uh, not where you're supposed to be and that's what raised our suspicion
0: so you've described it as a game-changer what what do you do with this information now what you know what 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 does this lead to uh,
1: yeah, so uh, I already uh, had quite a few discussions with people who are making these models and predictions. You know, uh, what I do in my research group, we're more kind of observationalists. We just want to make sure that our data, everything that we provide is 100% correct. And then people who do the theory and the modeling can go in and say, huh, okay, you know, how can I put all of these kind of uh, little parameters and measurements, and how can I fit my, my model to that? So, until now, they just didn't have that extra point, and um, as I said, this one class of models, which was developed to explain why, for example, Mars is so small, and then why uh, the asteroid belt is, is, is so small, uh, they just can't ex- explain uh, that presence of rock. And we haven't, we just don't have just this one, um, in fact, we found another one uh, that was observed back in 79, also above Alberta, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, because because there was a uh, another project uh, that was active in alberta in the 1970s and 80s that was also observing fireballs um and they observed uh, an object that was about 50 grams not two kilograms uh much smaller but no one at that time really noticed mm-hmm. that it was just kind of off or strange i think it's just the sheer size of the, the, the one that we observe now is like whoa, whoa this is really really strange
0: Dennis, uh, you, you've got a really cool job and you get to do some really, really cool things. And I could pick your brain about it and, and how you got into it and, and, and all of that for another hour this afternoon. But I'll let you go. We'll leave it there. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Thanks for this. Thank you.